Welcome to the My Faith Votes podcast. I'm Megan West. On this week's episode, we talked with Beckett Cook, author of a profound book called A Change of Affection, a gay man's incredible story of redemption. And as I sat outside in a beautiful and a little noisy California backyard with Beckett, I was deeply moved by his testimony, especially when his message about homosexuality is so countercultural. This is a conversation you don't want to miss. We're talking with Beckett Cook. We're here in beautiful Southern California. You may hear some landscaping in the background and all that fun stuff, but I wanted to talk to you about your book because you wrote something called A Change of Affection. And I have to tell you a little bit about it because a family member sent this in the mail to me and said, you have to read it. And I looked at it and thought, this looks interesting. I'll add it to my list. But I started looking through it and five hours later, I had finished the entire book because it's so amazing. But not just because it's your story, it's God's yeah. story. And it's the power of transformation. And it is such a cultural hot topic today. Mm -hmm. And you approach it with such grace and truth. So from a 30,000 foot view, tell us a little bit about your story. Okay, yeah, well, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. And at a very early age, I knew I was attracted to the same sex. I grew up in the Catholic church. So I knew that, you know, according to my 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 family and the church and my peers that it was forbidden so I didn't talk about it to, with anyone and I kind of kept it hidden so I had this weird double life where on the outside I was you know kind of a popular fun kid but on the inside I was struggling with this same-sex attraction and then in high school I uh, became best friends with someone who uh, was in the same situation we came out to each other and we started to explore sexuality we went to gay bars in Dallas and and uh, which I don't even know how we got into these bars but we went to bars we went to clubs and and I f really felt like wow these are my people I'm finally home like this is it and and then same thing in college had a best friend who was gay we explored gay culture together again and and then after college I moved to LA and God was this whole time, God was never an option for me because I knew that I was, after college, I identified as gay. I mean, I was definitely, I came out to my family, to my friends, and... And how did they respond to it? They, differently. <laughs> um, they were, my parents were, were pretty um, calm about it. Mm. They didn't react in a crazy way. They, I was the youngest of eight kids, so by the time they got to me, it was just like, Okay, <laughs> and I mean, they, <clears throat> they had the orthodox biblical view on sexuality, so they were uh, upset that I was gay, but they, they just kind of was, they were like, what can we do? They, and so then after college, I fell in love for the first time. And so that's when everything sort of became cemented as my identity, this, this, being a gay man was just totally who I was. And I moved to California, I moved to LA, and I lived the life. I got into this really fun group of friends and I lived a really fun life. I went to parties and premieres and Oscars and Golden Globes and fashion weeks in New York and Paris. And, and I had this kind of extraordinary time and would, you know, be at Prince's house when he's like giving a concert in his backyard one night or be at uh, you know have dinner with Meryl Streep and like go to the governor's ball after the Oscars and all these things like had all these great experiences and then at a certain point 
I started to feel like the law of diminishing returns set in, and I started to feel like, is that all there is to a fire? Because um, you had everything. <coughs> I mean, yeah. You were with the fame, you were had the fortune, the Yeah, influence. I did. I was doing really well as a set designer in Hollywood and in the fashion world, and so I kind of did everything, met everyone, was friends with everyone, traveled everywhere, but it's just uh, after 10 or 15 years of this, I started to feel like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Because this is, this has been a fun ride for a while, but it's not, I don't know what the meaning of life is. I don't know what I'm doing here. Cut to, I, I was at uh, Paris Fashion Week in March of 2009, had this moment of total emptiness at a, at a after party felt completely empty and then um, felt like, what, what am I gonna do for the rest of my life? How am I gonna fill this void? Because this stuff isn't doing it anymore. These parties aren't doing it anymore. And then I got, got back to LA and six months later, I met a group of people at a coffee shop. With, they had Bibles on the table, which was shocking. And they invited me to their church the following Sunday. And I wasn't sure I was gonna go but then ended up going and I heard the gospel. It was an evangelical church in Hollywood. And I walked in, heard the gospel, and uh, was completely blown away by it. And I didn't know why I believed it was true, but it was just my whole, everything was shifting in me and my mind, my heart. And after the, ser dur after the service during the worship time, um, God, the Holy Spirit, just completely overwhelmed me. God revealed himself to me in that moment. I knew that God was real. Jesus was his son. Heaven was real. Hell was real. The Bible was true. I also knew in that moment that being a gay man, living that life, living as a, a, living as a gay man was no longer who I was. I knew that that was over. I knew that that was part of my past, my old man, as it says in the Bible. I knew that that was done, and I was, but I didn't care because I had just met Jesus Christ. <laughs> I had this like in, intense encounter with Christ, and I was like, I'm all in. I mean, I don't care. So that was that part was easy to let go of that part of my life. I mean, it was a dramatic conversion, yes. not just I'm going to decide to change my life. It was, you describe moments throughout the day that the Holy Spirit was washing over you and changing so much. Yeah, that, I mean, that happened a second time. After the church service, I came home and I was in my bed to try to take a nap because I was so overwhelmed. And again, the Holy Spirit just, it was like I was Moses in the cleft of the rock and God was like, let me show some more of my glory to you. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, and I just started bawling and, and I jumped out of my bed and I just, in the middle of my bedroom and screamed, God, you have my whole life, it's yours, I'm done. Like, I am done. And it was the most amazing experience because I knew immediately where I came from, what I'm doing here, and where I'm going. I, it's like, and I finally knew the meaning of life, and it was like, whoa, this is amazing. I can't believe this is true. And um, it changed my whole world in a split second. So it changed your world because, talk a little bit about, you had appeared or looked at Christians as the enemy really yes. when you were living the gay lifestyle and then to have this transformation was that something weird to reconcile or was it so 
Holy Spirit changing that everything changed in your perspective? Yeah, I mean, every suddenly Christians were no longer the enemy. They were my brothers and sisters. And um, the tricky part was telling all of my closest friends who were all, we were all practical atheists. Um, no one, none of my friends, we not, never talked about God. We never once mentioned the word God in our group of friends. And telling them was, was quite, um, quite a task and it took about a few weeks to to tell everyone but um but no i mean i was now that i was a christian i and i started reading the bible and every word of the bible every word off the page just was like whoa this is true this is true this is true it was like the symphony and every note rang true in my ear and it was amazing to read the bible after that conversion because it, it just testified to what I had just experienced. So it was like this amazing. So people would probably ask, well, if you had that massive of a conversion moment, does that mean that you had a conversion and now you're straight? So explain that no, a little bit. No, not exactly. So, um, so when I mean, when I say conversion to people, they often think that it's, oh, I was gay and now I'm straight. But when I say conversion, I mean from atheist to Christian. Yeah. And um, I mean, I still, have vestiges of same-sex attraction, and that still is a, par a part of my life and a struggle, but it's like, you know, I, I'm happy to take up my cross, deny myself, take up my cross and follow Christ, and I'm happy to, to deny that aspect of me. Um, and so I, I wouldn't call myself straight uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in terms of being attracted to women, because that hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. But, um, but again, I'm happy to be single and celibate for the rest of my life because I have this incredible relationship with Jesus. And people often ask, you know, think that it's like I'm being cheated out of something or that I'm alone for the rest of my life. And I'm like, no, I'm not alone. I have Jesus Christ. I have this relationship with the king of the universe. I'm never alone. And I always, like, I just feel so... I feel the opposite. I feel like the luckiest guy in the world because I get to have this in, uh, intimate relationship with Christ. And um, I'm happy that that old life is gone. And that's miraculous, just listening to your story and hearing such a dramatic transformation to see that. Because we don't, especially in today's culture where people are very afraid to even talk about homosexuality. And within the church, there's such division. You know, is there right. such thing as a gay Christian? It would speak to that. Yeah, I mean, that's always a, a big question is, can you be gay and Christian? And it depends what you mean by gay. If you mean homosexual orientation and you're, you know, you're talking about someone who is, has that orientation, but they're denying themselves and following Christ faithfully um, and not indulging in, sexual, in that sexuality, then yes, in that, in that sense you can be, but I would never identify as a gay Christian because that's gay is, that's my old self. Mm -hmm. And so I, it's like, I wouldn't identify as a gossiping Christian or a greedy Christian or a tax collecting Christian. Um, <laughs> and so, so I find the term confusing. And for those who are living a, are engaged in homosexual behavior and call themselves Christians. And, and biblically and 
in my mind, there's only two options that are happening. They're either in a backslidden state or they're not Christians at all. So that's, to me, it's, it's a very, the term gay Christian to me is like, I think of square circle. It's like, it doesn't work, it doesn't fit. It's like you, sexual immorality is a big deal in, in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just don't see how it works together. Fascinating. So talk a little bit about identity because you, you talk in your book about sin is sin, but homosexual sin takes it to a different level because it's talking about the core of who you are. Right. That, yeah, a lot of people say that about, you know, well, why do you have to pick out this one sin there are so many other sins and it's like, well, not, most other sins don't become a pride parade. Mm-hmm. So there's not gossip pride parades or greed pride parades, but because homosexuality has become such a powerful identity over the last 40 years, um, and especially now in our culture, um, it's so difficult to untangle that identity from from the person. And so obviously when I was a gay man, I, I thought that that's who I was to the core. And I thought that was unchangeable. And oh. until <laughs> I had the encounter with Jesus. And um, so, so yeah, I, I think that um, it is such a strong, strong identity in our culture now that it's hard to, to it's hard to unravel that unless you have the power of the spirit, right. you know, to do that. So in our culture right now, we're looking at legislation being passed. And right here in California, there's a resolution that could potentially ban your book because you say homosexuality is a sin. So from a I don't say it, the Bible does. Well, yeah, <laughs> your book just happens to say it too. Yeah. But <clears throat> how yeah. do we approach those cultural issues, the Equality Act? I mean, it's everywhere mm-hmm. and we have to address it. It's not something that Christians can avoid. So maybe there's a two-part answer to that because there's a biblical worldview, but even within the church, there's confusion about affirming homosexuality. Right. So how do we navigate that? It's it's very difficult, and I think we we just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in exile in Babylon. As Christians, we're in exile, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and they were in an alien culture. They were they were commanded to bow down to the golden statue that Nebuchadnezzar built, and they refused to do so because they knew what the word of God said. They, they were, they had, and their convictions were settled on it. And even though they were threatened with being thrown, well, they were told that they were going to be thrown into a fiery furnace, that didn't change their convictions. They were still willing to go into that fiery furnace because they knew that they didn't want to compromise God's word by one iota. And I think that's how we have to be as Christians in this culture. A lot of Christians don't, there's a lot of blind spots and Christians in general, a lot of people in general don't understand that we're living in a very specific place and time and uh, in culture. And 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, this wouldn't even be an issue. But because the culture is so powerful, even Christians in the church are caving into this. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we have to stand firm 
with our, our in our convictions on this issue and be um, firm on our convictions that yes homosexuality is a sin but we can love people we can go out and love people but trying to go out as a Christian and love people but and not having your convictions settled is not a help at all because you're just all over the place and people don't are confused and so I think that uh, in terms of the Christian world we really need to get back to the biblical understanding of of sexuality right. and as it's not whole, just as a whole as a whole and it's it's not just like six certain passages in the bible that talk about homosexuality it's the whole word of god from genesis to revelation mm -hmm. and and where you get a full understanding of why god created sexuality to be confined within a, a covenant between a man one man and one woman because it, it, it promotes flourishing of that. And anything outside of that is, is dangerous and damaging. I mean, I lived that life for 20 years and I can tell you it wasn't, it, there was a lot of dangerous stuff going on. People don't talk about that. And there were a lot of, you know, it's a very, it can be a very dark world. And, um, and I still, you know, at the time I didn't think about this, but now I real I look back on that and see how much damage that did. Just having you know one night stands or having so many different boyfriends, how that had a huge effect on my psyche mm -hmm. and just emotionally, how that really scarred me. And so um, anyway, we have to we have to go back to the biblical understanding of sexuality. And as, as believers, and, uh, and in terms of culture in general, um, just non-Christians in California, I think that this is a moment in history where we are going to be tested and our faith is gonna be tested. And we haven't felt persecution in this country. And um, I think that this is, it's starting to happen. And my book may be banned and, you know, churches may be shut down. Biola University may be shut down. Christian universities may be shut down. And, but we've gotta be, we have to trust in God. We have to right. trust that God is sovereign over all of this. And he knows what he's doing. This didn't take him by surprise. Right. He knows what he's doing. And, and we have to trust that and continue to just live faithfully to the word of God and faithfully with our convictions on all issues, including sexuality. An eternal perspective that, like you say, this is just a vapor and we have eternity yes. that's at stake. That's right. I mean, we this life is so fast. I was like 15 yesterday, 15 <laughs> years old. And um, it goes by so quickly and it's like, what? you know, what do you want your life to be at the end as a believer? Do you want it to be about how you tried so hard to kind of get around sort of rationalizing certain sins and, or do you want to just be all in for the kingdom and all in for God? And <clears throat> no matter what happens, like Paul, I mean, I think about Paul. Paul wasn't concerned about, you know, he, all he cared about was running around the Mediterranean planting churches, um, <clears throat> spreading the gospel. He was stoned, beaten, jailed, you know, shipwrecked, and he, he counted it all joy. I mean, he, he, he's my inspiration <laughs> because he, he didn't think about 
it wasn't all about like, well, woe is me. What about me? What about my life? And I, you know, I deserve this house with a picket fence and a husband and this and that and a great job that I love. And that's not the, the biblical worldview. That's not the Christian worldview. And, um, and so that, I think we need to get back to that as a church. Yeah, and that's going to take a lot, but it's yes. going to take people like you sharing your story. And for us, seeing your story, being encouraged, and seeing the power of the gospel, but knowing there's a cost, but also not being fearful as well. Yeah, I mean, Satan is thrilled that he, that this issue, he's using this issue to not only divide the church, but to divide culture in general. And so it's, it's a very powerful thing he's doing. Well, Beckett, I couldn't be more honored to read your book and talk with you today. And I encourage everybody to read this because you tell your story, but you also give practical advice to how to navigate this issue in our world today and especially within the church. So thank you for your encouragement. Thank we'll be you. praying for you because I know you're in the middle of the battle, but clearly you serve a higher power and God is the God of the universe. <laughs> but he's right with you and he's Amen. right with all of us. So thank you. Amen, thank you. You can learn more about My Faith Votes and join our mission at myfaithvotes.org.